The Boston Bruins are still trying to figure out how to get out of the Mitchell Miller contract. And I'm answering a bunch of listener questions here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Wednesday, November 9th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every single day. The podcast is free and available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Please do smash that subscribe button so that you never miss a thing. If you're on Twitter, Instagram, you can find the podcast at LockedNHLBruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. The Bruins did not play last night. They're off again today as they prepare for tomorrow night's game against the Calgary Flames. In the meantime, and as much as people don't want to hear about it or continue to talk about it, the Mitchell Miller situation is still hanging over the organization. Cam Neely came out on Sunday, said the Bruins were parting ways with the 20-year-old defenseman. But it's simply not that simple. And for the time being, he remains under contract, and the Bruins are paying him. He's technically assigned to the Providence Bruins. According to NHL sources, and based on uh, some reporting from Greg Wyshynski of ESPN, there's a few ways the Bruins can address the situation. They could decide to pay Miller to stay home for the season and then buy him out at the end of the year for one-third of his NHL salary. So according to Cat Friendly, uh, right now his NHL-based salary is $750,000 with 95000 in signing bonus money and a maximum of 105000 in performance bonuses for 2022-23. So that's one option. They could just keep paying him and then buy him out at the end of the season. And that would carry over for a couple more seasons yet. The Bruins could work with Miller, his agent, and the NHLPA on a settlement that would allow him to come a free agent. So that would be the mutual termination route. Um... Further to that, the Bruins or the NHL could seek to terminate the contract because of Miller's history. The collective bargaining agreement gives Gary Bettman, for example, powers to expel a player from the NHL. But the NHLPA would certainly file a grievance in this case. Um, So those are the options. Best case for the Bruins is that they can reach a mutual termination with Mitchell Miller they could keep him under contract and then buy him out, effectively keeping him within the organization for 
balance of time until the next buyout window. Or they just force it through and uh, go through a prolonged process of grievance coming to a resolution that way. Now, yesterday, the Hockey Diversity Alliance released a very powerful and lengthy statement calling out the Bruins for their handling of the situation, saying the organization lacked human decency by not reaching out to the family of Isaiah Meyer Crothers. If the Bruins had talked to the Meyer Crothers family, their executives would have quickly recognized the contradictions and lies in the accounts from Miller and his representatives, according to the HDA. They also said that Isaiah reached out to them for support in light of the Bruins signing Mitchell Miller. Now, on uh, Tuesday, uh, Steve Conroy of the Boston Herald reported Cam Neely did, in fact, reach out to the Meyer Crothers family, spoke to Isaiah's mother for about 45 minutes, and offered to help them find uh, counseling to aid in this process, which, which I thought was very cool. A little too little too late. The whole process, you know, re-traumatizes victims when their uh, bully, in this case, their, you know, the kid who was racist, ableist, is back in the news. Um, and the Bruins, of course, should have reached out beforehand. Don Sweeney said he didn't feel it was necessary to hear both sides of the story, uh, which was a huge mistake. And um, the HDA was there to help Isaiah uh, through this, which which was pretty cool. Of course, it was co-founded by Akeem Alou, other NHL players in 2020. Uh, to create sustainable change on all levels of hockey, the board includes Nazem Kadri, Wayne Simmons, Matt Dumba, among other, others. Um, Eustace King, his Miller's agent, said he had spoken to the HDA. The HDA saying Miller's agent, King, did not contact them to seek approval for the signing, which they would and did not would not have and in fact did not grant so a lot of conflicting stories there but um that's the latest on the mitchell miller situation we'll see here today if there's any news in terms of the steps the bruins are going to take to actually part ways with miller and if there's any um fallout internally from this ongoing situation and again i know Getting comments on YouTube, on Twitter, stick to hockey. This is over. We don't want to hear about it anymore. But it's not over. Uh, the Bruins, the colossal mistake here. And it's going to take some time to repair the situation and to actually get out of, of the contract that they signed uh, with Mitchell Miller. Now, coming up here, I'm going to answer some of your mailbag questions. 
on this off day as the Bruins get ready for tomorrow night's game against the Calgary Flames. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. What is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Basically, your general health. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues, and he ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover that cost about $100 a day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it is to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you so much again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available in YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's get to some mailbag questions. The first one comes from uh, Twitter. Denny Dester, at Dester Jester. They ask, with the hot start to the season and a legit shot at the cup, should the Bruins make sure Charlie McAvoy does not rush back from his injury? Hampus Lindholm has been great to start the season. Connor Clifton has been better than expected. Marshan progressed faster than expected, but curious to get your thoughts. I do think the Bruins are being fairly careful with uh, Charlie McAvoy. He's been practicing for over a week now with the team. He went on the road trip last week, and it appears as though he could be ready to return perhaps as early as tomorrow night. Uh, but certainly within the next week or so. The initial timeline was that he would return closer to the end of November, around Thanksgiving or the Black Friday game. So he's not that much earlier than expected, and certainly not as quick as Brad Barshan's uh, recovery. Of course, they need to be careful with him. He is their franchise defenseman. Yes, Hampus Lindholm has played as such in his absence. And um, I can't wait to see both of those guys on the ice at the same time in Jim Montgomery's system, which emphasizes um, defensemen being active with the puck. Uh, We've seen Hampus Lindholm, you know, some end-to-end rushes. 
um, especially against Pittsburgh last week. Obviously, with the shoulder, you can't fully test it in practice. You're not going to have guys hitting McAvoy as in a game situation. Uh, But I do think, um, yeah, if he's ready to play, get him out there for sure. And I'm excited to get him back. Um, They've proven that they can more than stay afloat in his absence. But obviously... Um, having him back in the lineup will just make the team that much better. And, and yes, Connor Clifton has played extremely well. I don't know if he can play top pair minutes all season long. He's better suited in probably a, a third pairing role and uh, a defense of Lindholm, McAvoy, Grizzlick, Carlo, Forbort, Clifton. With the opportunity to bring Zborl or Strauman in uh, to give some of these guys a rest or in the event of injury is uh, a nice defensive core for Jim Montgomery to work with, uh, to be sure. Next, I got a bunch of questions from uh, Nick Defoe on Instagram. First one. Does the Mitchell-Miller situation mess things up for the locker room even after they agreed to not follow up on the signing? It's a great question, and I think, honestly, it could have the opposite effect. It could help to bring the locker room together even more. The guys were uh, really united, it seems, in voicing their displeasure with the signing it went against the culture that they are trying to continue to grow in the room that was built up by Zidane Chara, carried on by Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand and Nick Foligno were very vocal as well I think you know there was the tweet from Ty Anderson the other day about the Bruins playing karma police in the weight room I think of anything, it has galvanized them. It has reminded them of what's important. Um, I think they take pride in, in the fact that their voices were heard. Uh, maybe not prior to the fact. They were approached before the decision was made, voiced their displeasure. Management went ahead and did it anyways. Um, and they said they appreciated that their voices were heard, that the decision was reversed, and that uh, they wanted to do that for the fans. Someone was coming at me yesterday on Twitter saying, you know, the Bruins only spoke out because they were asked about it. It's all PR spin. Well, they didn't really have time to, like, release statements on their own. They were in Toronto. Patrice Bergeron sat down with a for a pre-planned interview with Elliot Friedman that was released on 32 Thoughts podcast feed this morning. That interview did not have the clip of the Mitchell Miller signing. That interview had been planned beforehand. Friedman, I guess, slipped it in after the fact and it was released on the Sportsnet feed. They were in Toronto, cameras, microphones in their faces, played the game, came home, the decision was reversed. They said what they said and again, it 
served to remind them of what was important, to stick to what they have built in that room. And so I don't think at all it will, you know, divide the room at all. I think it will only uh, serve to bring them closer together, unite them on the culture, and ultimately their goal of uh, winning the Stanley Cup. Going to answer some more of your questions here in a moment, but again, a quick reminder to subscribe to Locked On Boston Bruins on your favorite podcast app, on YouTube, and to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, which is also available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Uh, Nicholas Defoe on Instagram also asked, players like DeBrusque and Felino, do you think they finally found their games back this year? DeBrusque especially, he's looked great. What point range do you see DeBrusque and Felino being in by the end of the year? I mean, DeBrusque especially, I think you saw him find his game last season after being uh, placed on the top line with uh, Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. Right now, he has five goals, five assists for 10 points through 12 games, putting him on pace for 32 goals and 32 assists. That would establish career highs for him, uh, certainly in um, both goals and assists and total points. Previously, 43 points in his rookie year, 27 goals is his career high there, where he had 42 points 2018-2019, 42 points last season, 25 goals, 17 assists. Um, Certainly, it would be amazing to see him get to that 30-goal mark for the first time in his career. I think that's very possible, playing on the top line with, with Bergeron, and Marchand, uh, the assists, you'd love to see, see stay up as well. Uh, he could perhaps fall off a bit. But it should be noted that his shooting percentage at the moment is 10.6, which is under his career average of 12.4. So I think 30 goals, 50 points is a realistic benchmark for Jake DeBrusque. But there's a real possibility that he could... Um, Perhaps hit 35 goals, 25 assists for 60 points. I think uh, that's not out of the question, especially playing top-line minutes. When it comes to Nick Foligno, I posted a uh, a link to a great column from Emily Kaplan of ESPN yesterday talking about Nick Foligno. Jim Montgomery said, you know, last season he was recuperating from massive surgery didn't get time to train and when you've lived comfortably somewhere for a decade you have three young kids you move your wife doesn't know anyone you don't know where to go your house is a mess it's just a new situation and it takes time to get used to that i talked about that many times last season when it came to linus allmark montgomery said Nick Foligno told him before the season 
He hates to make excuses, but all of those things are not a problem anymore, and he's that much better for it. It's the human element of the game, and um, he's in a much better place physically and mentally this season than he was last year. Now, Felino's on pace for 19 goals and 25 assists if he plays a full 82 games. That seems like a lot coming from a guy who's playing in the bottom six. If they were to get that kind of production from him, if he stays healthy, I mean, that would be unbelievable. Uh, do I think he'll challenge for 20 goals, 25 assists? Uh, that's challenging if you're playing on the fourth line. Uh, maybe if he sticks on the third line, uh, you know, Zaka, Coyle, Felino, perhaps if Craig Smith is moved at some point to free up some cap space for Charlie McAvoy. Um, but, you know, if they can continue to get the kind of effort he's bringing every night, numbers aside, his overall game has uh, drastically improved. He's much more effective out there, and he is able to uh, create some havoc out there as well. His shooting percentage at the moment is 21.4, so that's obviously going to come back to earth. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would expect him to perhaps not keep up this kind of production, but just the overall effort and the leadership that he's bringing in the room is invaluable as well. Uh, so yeah, I love what I see from both of these guys so far couple more questions here. Trent Frederick has been outstanding this year. Do you think he's still doing more harm rather than good? And is he a mainstay now on this roster? Yeah, Trent Frederick has played very well as of late. One of my big questions about him is exactly what, what Nicholas is saying here. Does he bring more positives to the table than negatives right now he's on pace for 19 goals 13 points sorry 32 points 107 shots on goal uh his previous career highs are eight goals 10 assists set last season uh the penalty minutes need to stay down uh and the other night was a perfect example of what i'd love to see from trent frederick he had the goal four shots uh, stayed out of the penalty box, and that's what he needs to bring every night. If he's out there just taking penalties, putting his team on the penalty kill, which has been amazing, but still, you can't put your teams in bad situations. He needs to be a positive contributor. Um, he had the fight in the game against the uh, New York Rangers, but in four of the last... or Sorry. Five of his previous six games, he had been able to stay out of the box. A couple shots per game. If he can bring that energy, stay out of trouble, then, uh, yeah, he looks pretty great out there. Uh, maybe not great, but effective. And, um, I mean, he has been a mainstay on the roster for quite some time. Bruce Cassidy was a fan. Jim Montgomery appears to be a fan. And how the bottom six is going to shape out uh, will be 
a big factor in the success of the Boston Bruins this season. Final question, Boston versus Vegas in the cup final. How many games do you have it going? And could we beat Bruce Cassidy behind the bench? I mean, that would be quite a story if indeed the Bruins and Golden Knights do meet in the Stanley Cup final. Top two teams in the NHL at the moment after Vegas beat uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs in overtime last night. Rarely do the top two teams in the NHL through the regular season meet in the Stanley Cup final. So much can happen between now and then. Uh, again, Vegas, 12-2, and 24 points, an 857 point percentage. Boston in second place with an 11-2 and record, 22 points, 846 point percentage. Boston holds the advantage in goal differential, uh, plus 23 and uh, these two teams are scheduled to face off in Boston on December 5th. And that's going to be must-see TV. They play in Vegas less than a week later on December 11th. So that's going to be a big stretch for those two teams. And that's going to be must-watch games for, uh, for us Bruins fans. And a big measuring stick to see how the Bruins compete uh, against their old coach whether they have any insights to how Vegas is going to play uh, based on what they know of him. And uh, right now they're on a heater eight games in a row. They, they've won New Jersey, second hottest team, seven games in a row they've won. And they are now second in the conference behind the Bruins, two points back uh and uh playing extremely well there the new jersey devil is definitely a team to watch when it comes to bumping a team out of a playoff spot from last season all right that's it for today's um episode of locked on boston bruins thank you so much for for tuning in tomorrow we will preview the game against the flames we will also um, update the cup check look at the top five teams around the nhl where the bruins stack up among them please do take care of yourselves take care of each other and uh, we'll talk to you again here tomorrow on locked on boston bruins part of the locked on podcast network your favorite team every single day